Hi there! Coach Antonio Aguirre here for the Life Deck Show. I'm very excited to bring you so much value in each podcast episode, like this one that you're about to listen to. Well, I do hope you enjoy listening to each episode just as much as I did recording this for you. Alright, let's dig into today's episode. Let's go! It's very important that you understand what is happening in your business. Some people just open a business and think like, hey, let's do this and just go with the flow. Let me stop you right there. Because researching your competition is very important. I know I talk a lot about focusing on what you can control and focusing on yourself and your own brand. But in this episode of Retail Fashion Business, we're going to talk about analyzing your brand. And I'm going to split it into two parts. One is researching and analyzing a competition. And the other one would be on a separate episode, which is my favorite, the SWOT analysis. If you're ready, let's talk more about researching and analyzing your competition in this episode of Retail Fashion Business. Let's do this. Researching your competition and studying your own strengths and weaknesses is very important. It's key to knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your brand. Brainstorming and planning comes along with that. And that's why you need a very good team with you to help you analyze your own business. It's easier to do what's best for your brand if you understand the business ins and out. The most important thing here is to research and analyze your competition. There are six very important key factors in analyzing your competition. Let's talk about the first one, which is listing your main competitors in the market. So you want to be able to list down who you think on top of your head and ideas from your team, the main competitions in your market. For example, if you're a clothing brand that focuses focuses on the 18 to 24 year old market, list down what you think are brands that are also in the same age segment. Or if, for example, you're a brand that talks about supporting the LGBTQ plus community, for example, research about those brands as well that are in the same market as well. And that would give you a baseline of what types of brands you are going to be in direct competition with. Number one, listing your main competitions in the market. Number two, so you want to determine your target customers. There's a saying in marketing that if you're targeting everyone, you're not targeting anyone. You want to focus on your niche and what we call your target market, your target demographic, your target audience, and who you're catering to. You want to have a unique selling point to each market that you're selling. So you want to focus on one first. You want to be the clear leader in your own market because you're creating your own gateway, your own path. It's going to be a one way so everyone will just be following you. You'll be a trailblazer. That's what we call it. If you do that you are determining your exact target market. If you are targeting everyone, you're going to be spending so much money trying to market to entire market instead of just focusing on a small market first. So that's number two. Determine your target customers. Moving on to the third one, which is categorizing your products and services. If, for example, you're doing shirts, so you want to think what kinds of shirts are you making? Are you making it for streetwear? Are you making it for leisure? Are you making it for sports activities or something else. Know which types of products or services you want to put out in your business. Because again, if you're trying to do everything all at once, then you're trying to be a jack of all trades. What I told you about before in my previous episodes is that you want to be a master of one. If you're a clothing brand, you want to focus first, especially here in the Philippines, on shirts. So most brands who do shirts, pants, hoodies, tank tops, underwear, and you know, socks, all at the same time 
time, usually they fail. Why? Because they're doing too much and their budget is limited. What happens is that their budget is spread across too many products all at the same time. So in your first collection, you just want to focus on a few important key products that you have instead of spreading your budget too thin. So that's why it's important to categorize your products and your services. Number three. Fourth one is to summarize the price points for each category that you may have. This is one thing I learned from my mentor in retail is that if your product is not selling, first important thing you need to check is the price. Is your price point matching the audience that you're trying to target? If you're trying to target, let's say, a D market, if your price is right now at this point, if your price point is at $9.99 for a t-shirt, most likely it'll be hard for you to sell to a D market. Most likely it could sell to a B and C market. And then if you're trying to target a B, predominantly ABC type of market, and you're selling a shirt for like $4.99, that might be a little sketchy for them just because of the price. If you look at the brands and the quality of shirts that you're purchasing, you'll see different price points. There are shirts that you could buy for like 5,000 pesos, for example, and they're top-notch quality. And you could buy the same looking type of shirt like the one I'm wearing for $5.99, but it's for a different market. So know the price points for each product that you have. It's really important because if your product is not selling, it's a good thing to start looking at and see why your product is not selling. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, let me know in the comment section, right? Number five, you want to determine the unique selling point of your competitors. Every brand that sells really well, they have a unique selling point. Just mention any brand in the comment section that is very popular nowadays in the streetwear market. And you would see they focus on a very specific market. They're not too broad. If they've blown up already, if they're doing collabs with other brands, it's because they started off with a niche. So you want to determine your unique selling point or what makes your product unique compared to others. That's the reason why people love streetwear. It's, it's just because of the uniqueness of the products that they have that you can't buy on a mall or any you know fast fashion store out there. It's authentic, it's raw, and it's unlike anyone else that you'll see. You know the meme wherein Spider-Man's pointing to one another? When you wear a fast fashion brand shirt and you go out to a party and you see two of your friends wearing the same thing, you're going to go, mm, that happened to me before. I don't want that. So number five. Lastly is you want to identify the strategies being used by your competitors. Are they, for example, on social media? Are they using influencers? Are they using ads? Or are they creating Facebook groups? Or a combination of all? There's so many strategies that brands make to make a sale. Everything is all about making a sale. If you got the attention of people on social media, for example, or if you have a brick and mortar, then you've cornered a specific market. And that's in touch also with having a unique selling point and connection with the other five points that I made earlier. Identify the strategies that they use and pick which one you think could be something that you could use as well for your own brand. You want to get the good strategies that they have and put them all together and put a unique twist to how you do it yourself. And that's how you become a unique brand that has a unique selling point. So it's number six, identify their strategies and use the best ones for yourself. Furthermore, I want to give more information about the difference between a direct competition versus an indirect competition. In any industry where it be cars, food and beverage, cosmetics, furniture, technology, watches, 
clothing and others, you would have them as a category for what we call indirect competition. Outside, for example, if you're a clothing business, the ones I mentioned that are outside of the clothing business, they are what we call indirect competition. It's the competition among companies that offer products and services outside of what you actually offer. And it satisfies the same needs. If you notice, there are clothing brands for like car companies, like for example, BMW or Mercedes-Benz or Ferrari, but their market is not primarily for clothes. So there's a separate company that does the clothing for them. So that's an example of indirect competition. Or they could, maybe Ferrari would like to do makeup. I don't know. It's up to them. That's what I'm saying. It's indirect competition. It's an example. Why do you want to research about indirect competition? Number one, it reveals some untapped opportunities. I've worked with shoe companies, shoe brands, wherein they tap into markets outside of the shoe industry. Like say, makeup, perfume, even to the point that they do food. It's weird. It's untapped opportunities that could be there as well. Another thing is, it's a good way to understand your audience as well. What do they like outside of your market? If, for example, your clothing brand is a foodie brand, for example, you would know what type of food they would like. And lastly, you want to create new marketing ideas based out of your indirect competition and probably do unique collaborations. There's brands that have, you know, a sneaker brand collaborating with a coffee shop, for example. It's weird, but it makes sense at times. There would be a clothing brand that would do a collab with car company. I don't want to mention brands because, you know, might violate some stuff here, but you get the idea. It's weird. They, they have collaborations, but because of they know it's an indirect competition, it works. Let me know in the comment section what weird collaborations have been there, but it makes sense and did well. I want to know your thoughts on that. With direct competition, now this is separate from indirect competition, it's the competition among companies that offer products and services that are very similar or in the same category as yours. For example, again, as a simple terms, if you're a plain t-shirt company, there's another competition in the same thing. For example, if you make blank shirts and you're this popular brand, the fruity brand, and then there's another brand that, you know, MJ endorses. Two plain shirt companies, but same product. That's a direct competition. Why do you want to research your direct competition? For obvious reasons. Number one, uh, you want to distinguish, again, what is your unique selling point compared to the other? Whether it be your quality, the sizing, the shape, the threads that they use, or the GSM count of your shirt. There's so many factors. And you want to create differentiations from them so that you're separate exactly from what they do. You don't look like Spider-Man copy. And of course, it saves time when building up a customer profile for your business. That's how you research and analyze your competition. We're going to go on and move on next with creating the SWOT analysis for your brand, which is an entirely different episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to share it and tag me on your social media accounts and I'll do my best to repost or comment on it. Follow me on Instagram at AntonioGirid.Junior. Leave a comment about this episode and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel, Coach Antonio Aguirre Jr. I'll talk to you soon on the next podcast episode. All right? Peace.